the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions. 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. And Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, gents. I'm good. I, I am too. a clear morning. The sun, the light was already on the horizon when I left the house at five o'clock this morning by the time i got to miramar it was you could see the sun starting to come up but it was cloudy i saw one star to the east as i looked off the property as i drove away but the everything to the west was cloudy yeah i didn't see anything. i know you live in a in a much better place you're paying higher rates for clear skies yes i am and i believe that star you saw off in the distance was a planet it but, may have been you know. i saw a heavenly body how about that not knowing what it was <laughs> excellent and i saw a satellite go over i'm, I'm a thinking oh that was probably a space station well that's what i thought but i don't do you get the alerts still you have to sign up every year you rotate off of the list i've rotated off and i just happened to look up it was one of the first clear mornings we've had and there there she were you know out of all the that's the only notification email notification that i have that does not automatic does not keep you it stays on for in the perpetuity. rest of your life right yeah, you, know, you right? have you have to you have to opt into it every year i thought i was doing that but i'm guessing it was the it's the vandenberg launch one or the launch launch alert is the one that just has you they send you the email to do it i must oh. have missed the spot the station but. well no they don't send you anything no, you you I just ro- to, you just they, rotate off. Okay, so That's just not go- very nice. No, it's not. I guess it, normal people would get tired of seeing the space station over and over and over again, but it yeah, fascinates me. Yeah, like like lava effusing from Kilauea. It's supposed to be a nice week. We're supposed to have. It has been a nice week the last few days. Seasonably cool temperatures and warm up as the week progresses. But sunshine. On my shoulders makes me happy. I love it. Um, have we seen any stories about all the sunshine we've had and how that the the demeanor, the psyche of people in San Diego has improved now that the sun came out? I heard. No, I only heard about it. Yeah. I only heard it. The, you, you just saw it in me, it. right? You just noticed it in me at work. Yeah, my sister keeps asking about you. She's really worried. Are you? Are you okay? I'm doing much better is the now. Weather. Life is, life is much better. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. I, she, I have a great life, but I need that sunshine. Cindy, it's just George. Let it go. It's no big deal. <laughs> Let it go. Uh, let's see. We do have we do have classes today in both stores in San Diego. It's going to be the repeat of the Plumeria Care and Culture class with Mike Atkinson, which was very well attended, well attended in Poway last week. So. Uh, I would definitely get there early if you want to make sure you get a if you want to make sure you get a seat. That's at nine o'clock in San Diego. At nine thirty in Poway, it's going to be bonsai basics with uh, Richard Wright, another very popular class. So uh, I would get there early to get a seat. Um, next Saturday, there are no classes scheduled. Well, there's no classes scheduled in Poway. I don't think they're having any in Point Loma either. Um, July 4th, both stores are going to be closed on Tuesday, July 4th. So plan ahead if you're going to work in the yard on Tuesday. You may want to come in on Monday to pick up your, to pick up stuff. And then classes resume on July 8th. Uh, 
San Diego is to be determined, but in Poway, it's going to be um, composting with Tyler Trimble, also another very popular speaker. So I can't believe June is pretty much over oh, at this gone. point. Yeah, it's crazy. We're halfway through the, the year. Halfway through the year already. And the days have already gotten shorter. Starting to, yeah. They definitely, definitely are. Uh, let's see. There's not. They much- definitely are. Come on! It's the first week of summer. We just They're, had the t- longest today, day. Today, the sun is going. To, there's going to be 0.07 seconds less sunlight today. You're going to notice it when you go home. You know, and that depression is going to keep spreading <laughs> throughout keep the community. Spreading. Oh, let's see. In July, there's nothing going on for this last week in in Balboa Park. Uh, but in July, on the 8th, it's the uh, San Diego Cactus and Succulent Society meeting show and sale. That's going to be going on just on the 8th. Okay. Uh, then the 14th, 15th, and 16th is the San Diego Dahlia Society annual show and sale, which should be a – that should be a pretty spectacular show. Um, there's so many different varieties of dahlias and so many different sizes from little golf ball-sized ones all the way up to the dinner plates, which are – 10 to 12 inches across. Um, and then if you if you want a turtle or a tortoise, uh, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, it's the San Diego Turtle and Tortoise Society Summer Show and Sale. And then at the end of the month, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, San Diego Orchid Society Summer Show and Sale, which would definitely be worth going to see because you will see stuff there that you don't get to see uh, unless during the other seasonal shows that they have. Unless you're at the San Diego Botanic Garden. During their shows, I've oh, never done. But but that's a good segue. Uh, the San Diego Botanic Garden in July July first, which is almost here, they have Savage Gardens. It's called the Real and Imaginary World of Carnivorous Plants, and so that should be if you're a carnivorous plant person, that should be a very good show or exhibit rather. What if you're not a carnivorous plant? Then don't person? go. Go look at something else. You sure? Yeah. Don't you think lay people would enjoy the carnivorous plants, sure even would. if they hadn't thought I about it? Don't know. They might they, find it interesting. They would. Yep. Okay. Well, so would you retract that last statement? Statement. Please? I need the, I need the court to read it back to me so All I can right. retract we'll it. Go. Are they going to do that in the conservatory? I imagine. I would assume so. Um, maybe John can update us on that, but I believe so. Yeah, um, should be. They do put on a good show up there. Depending, I just found it out they are. Yes, it'll be in there. Doesn't doesn't matter what. It's true. What whatever they do, they're doing, whatever they do, they do, they do a very very nice job well. of it. Yes. Um, we got. I was walking through the cactus section the other day in Poway. Did you see the Cirrus Peruviana spirals that we got? I did. Aren't Those they? are spectacular. They're really, really neat. It's a Cirrus Peruviana, which is a relatively, relatively common um, cactus, upright fence post uh, type. Would yeah, you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But these things are corkscrewed like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I've. I've never seen something. I've never seen a plant twist that much. I hear that they do that by putting putting them on a a potter's wheel and spinning it really slowly, and they just grow them on that in the rotating pattern, and that causes them to to <laughs> corkscrew like that. Well, that no, you, you, I'm totally, I was going to say, well, you hear that, or did you make that up? Totally as making there. that up as well, I was sitting because here. because you know, like with um, with cycads. When they start to when they start to put out a new whorl of foliage, if they get rotated, the foliage gets all screwed up. I that's what made me think about. Yeah, that there are some plants that will do that, so I just made it up. Yeah, isn't that what no. we're supposed to be here? To, Sounds to, reasonable to make things up. No, no, no we try not. I liked to. it. I was visualizing it. You know, I, I was about to ask what the rotation rate is. You know, every <laughs> seven days it rotates. How do you do that? Yes, it's like sands through the hourglass. Slipping. So, so are the days, days of, of our, our lives. lives. I knew you were going to go, yeah. Mr. Soap Opera Man. Thank you. Uh, that was not my soap opera. They have some serious snail issues back in Florida right now. They put a quarantine in um, in, a, in an area. I think I, can't remember, it, I think it's in Broward. It's a, I believe so. It, um, Miramar is the name of the is the name of the town. They have found um, giant African snails back there. And they showed a picture of it, of one, and it's about the size of a softball. It was sitting in the person's hand. And there's about 500 plants that they will feed on. And then. But if the plants aren't there, the, there are other things the, they might the, attack. They will eat the stucco off of for your example, house yeah. to, to get the calcium for their shells. Um, and one but, of the articles I, I had read indicated that the 
they have a point at the end of their shell that it can mm-hmm. pierce a tire. So if you drive over one, you may pierce a tire. There. <laughs> Holy cow. There. Now, I don't know if that was hyperbole, but that was in the article that yeah. was citing all the stuff Ken just mentioned. The other problem is that they carry... That's not hyperbole. I'm serious. <laughs> they carry a parasite that can cause um, meningitis in humans. So you don't want to be... So no, it's not a Stargo? Florida takes their snails very seriously. And remember when we shipped that stuff to Florida? It had to go to, a, to an intermediate state for quarantine. Yeah. Before it went into Florida, and that was just for the brown snails. They wanted to make sure they didn't get, and look what they got instead. Yeah, I don't know how Giant. that happened because they they are indigenous to um, I think it was Nigeria was where I saw. But yeah, I wonder if somebody brought one in as a pet and let it go, or if uh, in soil eggs or something. I wonder what size uh, the eggs are for those. I, I I don't know. I, I was gonna I was gonna mention to you guys. Did you guys hear about the crazy story that's going in Nevada or Nevada, wherever you want to call it uh, personally? But uh, uh, there's thousands and thousands of crickets all over uh, different areas of uh, Nevada, and uh, they're known as Mormon crickets. And it's just a huge infestation over there. It's really really bad. No. The news yesterday. I just I heard <laughs> crickets. I didn't hear that. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Sorry. Yeah, I had not, I had, had, not, had not heard of that. I wonder if they're like cicadas where it's a cyclical thing where they come out every every few years or something but, like but that. But they did mention that it is it, this is the worst they had it in quite some time for sure. Hmm. Uh, it, it is a seasonal thing where there will be some crickets here and there, uh, but this is, I'm talking like it's covering houses. Like, oh my insane. word. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it, is, it looks like cicadas basically, basically in that uh, seasonal time during Florida. It is that bad in that, in those areas. So uh, they're looking to the city to see what they can do to help uh, with this horrible infestation problem over there. So oh, crazy, that, crazy time for bugs yeah, these days. Yeah. I, How do we decide which bugs to get rid of yeah. and which ones not to? Uh, I, uh, good question. I had read philosophy it was, 101. I'm thinking to start eating crickets or something. Yeah. Well, they do that already. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I read it was just a little story that somebody had posted and said that they were sitting by their campfire and and a cicada came out and <laughs> saw what was going on and immediately jumped in the fire after spending seven, the last 17 years in the ground. <laughs> uh we haven't had a. When was the last time they had a big cicada? That was last year, I think, wasn't it? That they yeah, were predicting a big cicada invasion. Because I know Katie was getting a little freaked out about it. Katie did. <laughs> yeah, back in back in uh, North Carolina, she was a little concerned about it. You know, you would think the way I play with this stuff that I would know that and care, but I don't really. Is it you because don't it doesn't affect us? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm the king of things that nobody cares about and so this would be right up my alley why why have the, i the crickets or pay- the snails or, or no i'm thinking the the crickets and cicadas okay. and all of that stuff and probably because it doesn't happen here that must be it i remember visiting prescott visiting jim and having all the i think they're cicadas making all the noise in the trees yeah it's mm-hmm. awful oh i can imagine been i can imagine in ohio they crazy too that's one thing that i've noticed lately you don't hear at least in my neighborhood you don't hear crickets that much anymore and they're in they're in nevada right now well i guess they all they, they all went gambling big, big convention uh, yeah. it's you're, a cricket convention you're listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more right after this Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, 
and George Allman. And we were talking about the carnivorous plant show, which is a month of August. The or, the one at the Botanic Garden, the the, the Savage Gardens, is mm-hmm. one July through October 29th in the conservatory, the uh, Dickinson Family Education Conservatory. Okay. Which one July? The upcoming one? Yeah, the one that's coming up okay. in a, in a week you. or so. Yeah, that one. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> and for more information on um, carnivorous plants and the Carnivorous Plant Society here in San Diego, we're going to go talk to Hong and Mira Mesa. Good morning, Hong. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing well. Doing well. What's going on with the Carnivorous Plant Society these days? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm calling from San Diego Carnivorous Plant Society. Uh, We're here. And uh, our upcoming, uh, as you mentioned, our upcoming show and sell is going to be August 5th and 6th in Balboa Park. Uh, That's in Casa del Parado, room 101. Mm -hmm. Um, And also... We have our general meeting today that is going to be held at 10 a.m. in uh, Casa del Parado, room 104. Oh, excellent. And so you have a monthly meeting, and is it open to non-members? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Our meeting is uh, every other month, actually. Um, well, during the summer months, we do have it every um, every month. And the meetings are usually... Uh, two hours long, open to general public. Uh, we usually try to put on some kind of programming, some kind of talk or demo, um, talking about repotting, how to make divisions from cutting, how to grow, you know, in San Diego, our specific climate. Um, and we also encourage um, members or general public to bring any plants that they want to show and also sell any extras that they may have. Oh, excellent. Sounds like a nice way to uh, spend a morning in Balboa Park, especially if you have an interest in carnivorous plants. And I have noticed over the past few years that carni- there has been a Much uptick, uptick right. in interest uh, in carnivorous plants. Agreed. A, a lot, And the availability is much, much better than it used to be. It used to be the only thing you could get on a regular basis was Venus flytraps. Uh, but now there's all kinds of stuff. Um, Including the hanging pictures. The hanging yeah. pictures, the 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 terrestrial pictures, um, sundews. There's all, all kinds of stuff that's available now. Much, oh, yeah. 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 Um, there's a lot of more options you can you can buy online or you can buy from, you know, your local uh, society or clubs like us. Um, yeah. And also, you know, show and sell. Yeah. Those are pretty uh, large events, get a lot of attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your um, your show is your show on sale again is um, August fifth and sixth. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Okay, so okay. a little over a month away. Be worth going yep. to take, be worth going to see for sure. Yep. Okay. Of course. All right, Hong. Thank you very much for getting up this morning and calling in. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll see some new faces at your um, meeting today, and if not, um, at your uh, show come August. All right. Sounds good. Thank uh, you so much. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Um, might be worth It'll going be, to see. Absolutely, you know, it would be. you know, because that's it's kind of like the Orchid Society. You see in the store in stores, you see the same things. You see, right. you see syndrobiums. You see phalaenopsis. Right. You see a few paphiopedilums here, there, some oncidiums. But you go to a show and sale, and people that are hobbyists, I don't know where they get this stuff from, but they get it from all over the place. And you see stuff that you will never see in a in, in a retail store. In a retail right store, exactly. yeah. Well, just in our carnivorous plant bog in Poway, it's a neat little carnivorous plant bog. But Tom would always bring in his own specimens or his big mm-hmm. Venus flytrap specimen, that giant plant, and have it there on display during the summer. And it would probably be neat to go to their meeting this morning because I'm sure people are going to bring in display Stuff plants. Right. And yeah. even the common ones, when they get bigger, What's neat is to watch the common ones flower. I mean, we our Venus flytraps in in that in our bog have been flowering for the last month or so. Our sundews are flowering right now, and and our big pitcher plants are all flowering. So it's it's really neat to watch that. And you don't typically think of carnivorous plants flowering, and so it's it's a it's interesting. Yeah, it it really is. the the bog, the bog is pretty cool, and it you know it's pretty much in full sun. It, it is in full sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the biggest thing is. Keeping them wet, 
that the, the, the phrase bog is important. Yes. <laughs> oh, what does it mean, George? So we keep that thing very wet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, let's see. What else do we have going on? Still have a We have tons of native milkweed available right now. Probably more than I've seen ever. I, mean, I totally agree. I, and as, as you mentioned last week, the, the, the volume of, I mean, the, the plants that we have this year, or this season rather, are much bigger than we've had in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Not only that we have a lot, but they're bigger they're and healthier bigger. looking plants. But you know what I, what, I have, what I have not seen a lot of as of yet? I know what you're going to say. Is monarchs. I saw a lot of butterflies fluttering around my yard two days ago. It's, the, it's warm. Are they're they emerging now. And because it's warming up, they're, they're completing their life cycle. So keep your eyes peeled. I think as the weather continues to warm, you'll see more and more. I think so. I, I have some friends that live down near the college area, and they said they, their, start, their monarchs are just now starting to, are starting to hatch. So they're out there. They just it's just been at least out in Poway it's been a little cold and I've, a little chilly and they just are not I've noticed quite a few at my house coming in the last few days. It's it surprised me, but I, I didn't think about it till you just brought it up. It's gotta be the sun. It, so the, George the, the the only thing <laughs> very oh, much, oh, very George, similar. George still showed up even when it was cold. I mean just dressed more warmly. Exactly. Yes. Uh was walking through the yard yesterday. And saw something that I hadn't seen before, the um, bushy wisterias. Have you seen that? I, I Now that you say that, yes. It was uh, bushy wisteria kofuji is the name. Same to you. It's uh, The foliage looks just like a wisteria, but it's only a, each leaflet is only about an inch and a half or two inches long. And it's really, really fine. Does it stay and that way? I, mean, I believe so. Yeah, I, I th- it stays very small. But it, and it has purple. It's not blooming right now, but it has purple flowers on it that are very fragrant, just like regular wisteria. And that flowers a month ago, or something? I'm, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm guessing. We we got those in from um, we got those in from Suncrest, and okay. yeah, and Suncrest is going out of business. Are, are they? They're closing up. Yep. Wow. Last last orders. COD this week and yeah, then they're they're going to be gone. Unfortunately, they were they were a very good supplier and they were one of the few nurseries that we had left that grew unusual, unusual stuff. stuff. So wow. that leaves us basically with well, San Marcos and Monterey Bay, but right. San Marcos is disappearing too. They're oh. going away in a few years. So it's all going to be taken over by. You're such a downer. I know. I know. I by, shouldn't by be. housing. By right. housing, yeah. Ridiculous amounts of housing. So um but yeah, it's a it's a neat plant. You should um if you're in the store take check it out. And so I think they were in the uh I think they were in the Agapanthus bed. Uh, I saw them down there. Yeah. I'm gonna miss their Suncrest camellias. They had some neat varieties of camellias that you don't see. The oh. Mino Nohari and some of these other things that and we had at my dad's house. And oh. they're they're varieties that nobody else is growing anymore and now nobody else is going to be growing them anymore even anymore even more less even more <laughs> even less even more even less, more less. Uh, <laughs> or, who's, who's the, the, the camellia grower the, nuccio nuccio and I, I had heard that there's a possibility that they may be going out too so it's wow it's unfortunate but you know in, in southern california the the price of the land is just yeah it's getting ridiculous. You can't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to to do what they're to do what they're you doing. You have on to it. do it. Love. You want to do it as a charity. It, <laughs> just just about. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you had mentioned the the lack of monarchs. Uh, we've we've noticed a lack of hummingbirds. We put up hummingbird feeders, and they're just not coming the that, way they used to. So I did did some research, and there are a couple articles. One in the UT uh, a couple of days ago that cited. There's such an abundance of plant material out there because of all the rains that the birds don't need your nectar. So they're very happy with... So they're fair-weather birds? They are. They're fair-weather. Fair that's what the article's alluded to, that there's plenty out there. So you know they'll eventually start coming to your feeders again. But right now, there's plenty for them to just forage on. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't... I, we've got a big circular planter right outside the... Right outside off the patio that I had put in a bunch of 
a bunch of sages and things, uh, sages and milkweeds and things like that um, for hummingbirds and butter and a butterfly garden. And I haven't, I haven't seen either. Well, interestingly, we, we have a bunch of. of salvias in the front of our house, and we do have a lot of hummingbirds. That, well, not a lot. We have hummingbirds that come to it, but not the volume that we're coming to the the feeders in the back uh, during the course of the summers when it's a little bit you know drier and, and nectar is less abundant. Mm-hmm. Um, it just amazes me how many how many salvias are available now. It's there's a th- I think there's, the last I read, there's about a thousand species of salvias. Was that before they? Absorbed rosemary one now with yes. rosemary, right? Yeah. And the and um, the Russian sage too, right? Parovskia, Parovskia, right? Yeah. So a thousand and two, maybe. Yeah. Well, there, there was one on the there was one on the um, Moosa Creek table that I saw that kind of grabbed my interest. I'm going to have to do a little more research into it, but the black sage, the Melifera. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful plant. It is. It, they're not in bloom right now, so I don't know what the flower is going to look like, but. It is. It's a really, really pretty plant. Really dark, really dark green foliage. Um, very nice, upright, upright looking plant. The salvias we put in at the fair exhibit were were beautiful as well. And just, what salvias did we put in at the fair? The, oh, uh, Cleveland. Cleveland's, yeah. <laughs> the oh, native one. Yes. Chickering's, right? Alan, Alan Chickering, Chickering and not. We ate two types. Right. Yeah, they, they were beautiful. And we put some Appiana into the white sage, which is yes, very fragrant, did. but I don't think quite as pretty, but very fragrant. Very, very fragrant. Very, yeah, if, if you want something white in your garden, but you don't want Dusty Miller, that's a good choice for you. Right. Because it, it is white. But, man, man it is. It's you, a strong you, sage. It's really it, strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is really, really strong. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break. Alan and Bob, stay on the line. We're going to be talking to you when we come back. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. Don't don't end that song prematurely. That's <laughs> We'll be dancing to that song later, Capri. <laughs> Uh, you listen to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We are going to go to the phones. We are going to head out and talk to Alan in Point Loma. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Just fine. Uh, good morning. Well, I, I have a question today for you guys. Certainly. Um, it's about my avocado tree or trees. Okay. I have I have one that's very old from the 1930s, and it's in the ball, and then one from that came from the seed from the that same tree, and it's very tall and shot, shoots straight up. And this year, um, when it, the the trees both trees flowered, there aren't any fruit left. All the flowers disappeared with no without any set, setting any fruit. It's it's I've never seen this. It, it could be related to timing of the flowering with the rains and things like that. Other things that would cause no fruit to set would be stress on the trees after the flowers. Uh, did you happen to notice bee activity on the trees when uh, when they were blooming? No. There's the, the, This year there doesn't seem to be as many bees. Well, it's been very, very cool, and they don't get out and don't like it. And So now <clears> that the weather's warming up, it should help. It's not going to help if there's no flowers there. But, yeah, because I was looking at I was looking at one a uh, couple of the uh, areas where the flowers were on the the new the newer um, tree, and there would be a bunch of flowers coming out in the cluster, and there would be a lot. I mean, it was way more than the older tree, and uh, and always this time of year you'd see the little the very small avocados hanging down uh, by the hundreds, and the, and now there are zero. 
Yeah, I, I would and, think. And on the new one, on the new one, the same thing. I looked and I see where the clusters were of the flowers, the little sprigs that come out, and and they're, they're, everything's empty. I would think, as David uh, mentioned, with you know, the when they first started blooming, if it was a, if we had a lot of rain, it was cooler, and the bees were not foraging. You probably did not did not get this, the pollination rates to give you the fruit. Okay, it's, but I, 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 you would think there'd be some, but but for zero, it's unbelievable. I actually believe it. I believe it. And I think the only thing that's different is that we have the very wet cool spring and unless there's something else that happened at your place that may have caused stresses or something the only thing that makes sense is the the pollination yeah because the stress like the new leaves come out every year and i have new leaves a huge amount of new leaves i mean it's just covered everything in the trees just both trees just huge amount of leaves of, of fresh leaves came out in the um spring and uh you, so it couldn't have been under stress, or the new leaves wouldn't have come out the same way. And, and in such a quantity, I mean, it, it's it's like oh, the old leaves fell off, and the you know they turn brown, <clears throat> and a lot fall off. Not all, of course, but the new ones are just everywhere. It's just the whole tree's green and really um, looks fabulous, both trees. But the the fruit was—I've never seen this ever. We've always had hundreds hanging off this time of year, small ones. You know, they'd be about. They should be about half an inch around or a quarter inch, that sort of thing, all over the place. Because it takes a whole year for the fruit um, to come to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, like I have some of the fruit from last year on the tree right now. You know, they're, they're getting they get really big. And the balls get huge. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and they there's a bunch of them from uh, last year. They're about ready to pick now. Usually, this time of year, they they be, start becoming ripe. Yeah, I, I think I think at this point, uh, just make sure make sure the the trees are getting fed regularly. Um, make sure that they, as year, as we yeah. start moving into the summer and things start dry, heating up and drying out, make sure that they get the they get an adequate amount of water. And next year when they start to bloom again, if you don't see a, if you don't see a lot of bee activity, uh, one thing you can do is go out and when the flowers open, just kind of rub your hand around the the um, clusters of flowers to get that pollen moving and hopefully that will that will take the place of um some of the pollinators but it you know it it's kind of going to depend on uh what the weather is going to be like this year this year was kind of an anomalous anomalous weather season for us so uh yeah i was wondering if the rain didn't wash it all away the the pollen because they were so heavy and so much i would say that that's possible yeah you know, that's the only thing I was thinking of. But yeah. I've, I've never had this happen before, you know, in 50 years. And so I'm wondering what, what the heck. Yeah, I think it was, I, th- I think it was, I think it was mostly weather related. And hopefully that'll, that'll straighten out uh, next in year. time for yeah. next year. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you, Alan. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, let's see. We're going to go talk to Bob in San Diego. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here this morning. It's our pleasure. What can we do for you? I have a question regarding uh, making homemade insecticidal soap. Uh, In the past, I've always just used the Dr. Bonner's peppermint uh, variety, but uh, I watched a a YouTube video recently where a gentleman used uh, both the peppermint and tea tree uh, variety of the Castile soap, but he also added some hydrogen peroxide and uh, and alcohol uh, to the mix. And I'm wondering if there's any advantage to adding the additional ingredients to the to the insecticidal soap or if the peppermint variety is, is adequate. We're going to all look at each other here because the when you are mixing up homemade remedies and recipes like that, it, strengths are going to vary... Uh, potential conflicts with foliage are going to have all sorts of different things. And one of the most important parts of, of the products that we have, including insecticidal soap for sale at the nursery, is that they've been tested on plants, and the label gives you all of that information. And I have never made a homemade re- remedy. 
I look around the table here. I would guess if anybody here has made a homemade remedy, it would be you, George. Have you made but, a homemade? Yeah, just using Castile soap, which he, Doctor Bronner's, which he mentioned, which I've used. But I, I don't think I would add. I I don't think I would add other things. To, uh, I know alcohol can be effective. You you know you dab it on scale on delicate plants, but I I don't know if I would mix it. If you want to try such a thing, I would encourage you to do so, but then only apply it small, in a small area exactly. of the plants and and watch and see what happens. And and we're about to have a warm week, which should give you a pretty quick understanding of how it affects the plants in case there's some phytotoxicity or something that would happen. Yeah, and you know, uh, with the hydrogen peroxide that you can get off the shelf is usually only about 5%, but hydrogen peroxide is a very... It's an oxidizer, and it can it can burn. I would be I would be very cautious about using any kind of hydrogen peroxide of any quantity in it m- myself. Right, and then yeah. mixing things together, you know, different yeah. solutions. I don't I don't yeah. know how effective it would be. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, it may be effective, but I don't know how detrimental it might be to the plant. The biggest problem we have when people make their homemade soap remedies is they they often may use a detergent like a dish detergent and then that really does cause problems on their plants yeah i've also seen i've also seen people use um vegetable oil as an oil spray and that burned the the heck out of plants that did not turn out well so (laughs) try try it in a small area first make a small batch and try it in a small area first all right appreciate your help thank you very much okay thank you bye take care one would think, knowing me, that that would be something I would do, would just be to mix stuff exactly. up and start spraying it. But I haven't had that want or need to do so. I'd much rather take something off the shelf and, and not apply it exactly. to my plants. Instead of make something and not apply it. Yes, it's much easier. Yeah. 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 Uh, we have another caller on the line. We uh, special guest calling in. Uh, it's Mark from Fringe Coffee. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for holding. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing well. I saw your plants in the... Uh, Poway store um, they yesterday, did make it they, they, the they other made it down, store. and they are absolutely beautiful. What can you tell us about them? Thank you, thank you. Well, um, what we delivered to you guys was um, a mixture of all of the plants that we grow. So we grow actually five varieties of Cafe Arabica coffee. So Cafe Arabica is, is the uh, more prominent of the two types of coffee that you get out there, Um it tends to be also um, the coffee that uh, is known for higher quality, grown in um, the coffee belt of the world. It's grown uh, generally in areas that are sort of semi-tropical. Uh, your other coffee, which is uh, Cafe Robusta or Cafe Senaforia, uh, it's grown truly as a tropical plant. So Cafe Arabica is quite nice because it can actually grow in California. Um, so we grow coffee, and we have growers that grow coffee all the way from Santa Barbara to San Diego, and it's these five varieties that are being grown. So of those five varieties that we we have, we have one which is called uh, geisha or gesha. It's well known around the world um, because uh, there's a few um, when when coffee is sold around the world, often it it goes out in these auctions. And there's a few auctions that have happened in Panama that have really elevated uh, the, the worldwide awareness and excitement about this variety, Gesha. And it's a great tasting coffee. It's, um, it's different. If, if you like really, really dark or bitter coffee, Gesha is nothing like that. Um, it actually mm. is light. It's almost more um, tea-like. Um, if anyone complains about the the acidity, which is really bitterness in coffee, Gesha is nothing like that. Um, so it's actually a great tasting coffee for someone that wants um, a lighter flavored drink. For somebody who um, doesn't like coffee, Gesha would be perfect then, right? Correct. Yeah, your correct. literature said exactly. it had aroma, uh, aromas of jasmine and notes of peach. It sounds like a fine wine. Correct. I, and in fact, all of these coffees, um, tend to be better described as uh, as almost like wine, uh, where they have these flavor profiles. There's and there's both a combination of the flavor profile from the plant itself, and then of course it's growing conditions. So we have geishas or geishas that are grown in north of LA in the Santa Barbara area that taste slightly differently than those that are grown in the San Diego, northern San Diego County area. 
which is also very interesting how you can see how, whether it's um, environmental factors, weather, things like that, as well as soil, can affect ultimately your um, end bean and that and that tasting, um, the tasting notes that are going to come out of the coffee. Roast definitely affects that, um, but since we're the ones roasting it, we try to control for that, um, and it ends up being just um, local factors that affect it, which is super interesting. Can, can you uh, hold on for our... Can you stay with us? We we took those calls ahead, and uh, we're up against a break. Can you stay on the line if, for the break and come of back? Of course. Okay. okay. Stay on the line, Mark. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, uh, we were talking to Mark from Fringe Coffee before we left. And Mark, you still there? Uh, I'm still here. Oh, excellent. Okay. We're, what were the other four varieties? I, I know, and and I say geisha, but you're the coffee guy. I should not have, it's, how do you pronounce it? It's geisha or gesha. Gesha, so okay. pronunciations are fine. The original the original name comes from a region of Ethiopia, um, so it's it's spelled G E S H A, so it's pronounced Gesha. But ah. it's also it's added someplace along the way. It got this I added, and it's also said as Geisha. Um, it's not referring to something Japanese, so that's why it's it's um, it's kind of funny that way that some some people will say Geisha and think of. Japan, but that's actually not its origin. Well, you well, did say it's delicate like right. tea, so it could have some... Yes, you did say you that. Know, George tie was, into Japan. George was over here saying that that coffee would never get a naval ship started, so he wants a more robust one. <laughs> what, what is the most robust of the five varieties that uh, you sent us? Um, robust would probably be either Katwai Rojo or Katura Rojo. Both are dwarf varieties. Um, both tend to produce a lot, and that was actually their origins um, when they were bred was to try to produce a lot of cherry, um, try to really um, get the growers to have um, a lot of production. Um, they tend to be roasted a little bit more um, medium, um, and that'll get that'll get things going. Um, there's still all of these varieties tend not to be roasted dark. Um, the reason for that is the darker you roast a coffee, you're really converting uh, a lot of the, the, the sugars into, into different molecules that are going to taste a little bit more bitter. You're affecting the oils that are in the coffee. Um, so generally, when you're dealing, especially with higher-end coffees, you're really doing only a light to a medium roast. Um, but you still have the caffeine that's there. That's actually um, people that think that you roast darker to get more caffeine that's inaccurate. Now, it's also inaccurate to say that a lighter roast has more caffeine. Um, by weight, there might be a slight adjustment, um, but generally speaking, caffeine content is driven by the variety, which now, is also a good segue into Lorena, which is a fourth one that, that we sent you guys, and it naturally has about 50% of the caffeine content. So it's not going to get a naval ship going, not going to get anyone really excited or jittery, but it's a nice, great-tasting coffee with uh, naturally half the caffeine content. Now, I know we got a hold of you by butting into Kevin Grangetto's uh, order, and you shared he shared with us. And I know we can get them. We have them available at two Walter Anderson's locations and at Grangetto's up in Escondido. 
If somebody comes in and buys one, I have I set two aside, and I did not get a Gesha, but after listening to you, now I have to get a Gesha, so I'll have to get three. But where should I be planting them in the San Diego County region? Do they go out in the full sun? Do they go into the understory? Where do, where would I plant this plant now? So you don't want full sun. Um, understory would probably be better, or a place that gets um, sort of partial sunlight. And the reason for that is um, full sunlight, especially in the San Diego area, it, it just ends up drying the plants out too much. Um, it gets a little, in the summertime, it gets just a little bit too hot, and um, the sun kind of tends to beat it down a bit. So you want something, you want some either a little bit of shade or understory to another plant. Um, all of these plants can get quite tall if left. So, so if you were never to prune, um, you would get 8 feet, 9 feet plus plant. So ultimately, you do want to do some pruning and, and adjust the structure of the plant a little bit. Um, keep it to maybe six or seven feet, something that looks great, um, but you can also pick the cherries from. All of these do produce cherries in about three years. Um, so you can be also tasting the difference between the varieties in the cherry. It's very much like any other fruit that way, that um, when the cherry is ripe, it's going to have a, a high sugar content. And you can actually taste sweetness when eating those coffee cherries. Um, inside the seed is the coffee bean. Um, but again, you can eat the, the cherries as a raw fruit um, and then just, just um, dispose of your seed. And, and what were the other three varieties that you, or actually two, you mentioned Lorena, Gesha, and somebody Rojo. What are the other uh, two you brought there us? There are two Rojos. Do, dos two Rojos? Rojos? Yes. Cut. <laughs> Katuai Rojo and Katura Rojo. Um, and the fifth variety is, is called the Pacamara. And Pacamara is a neat uh, plant because it has very large leaves. Um, I always like to think of it as, as almost um, like something you'd see out of the Triassic era or something like that. But it's got these nice big leaves, has nice big beans, great tasting. Um, and so, so as a plant... It just is a very cool-looking plant. So, Gesha, as as special as it is in terms of the the coffee market, it it as it grows, it tends to look a little bit wiry. It has large internodal spacing, so it sometimes can look a little bit sickly. Um, whereas the other varieties look um, neat in there, and, and so obviously you can tell I, I enjoy plants when I'm talking about plants <laughs> being neat. Um, but the other ones just look, they, they all have a different look to them. So like Lorena has naturally smaller leaves um, and they're very much more pointed. So it doesn't look like a traditional coffee plant. Um, Cachoe Rojo and Katura Rojo look more similar to each other other than the fact that they're a dwarf variety. But that just means that they're not going to grow to 12 feet tall. They're only going to grow to eight if you, if you let them grow. And then Pacamara just has these really big leaves. And so that's why in particular, if you're growing Pacamara, you don't want it in full sunlight. You do want to give it some some shading. Um, and if you've ever heard of, of like shade-grown coffee or things like that, this is why shade-grown coffee is successful in the coffee belt is because Cafe Arabica, the, the, um, that particular species, doesn't like full sunlight um, as opposed to, say, Robusta, which, which actually will prefer to be in, in more sun. It wants, Cafe Arabica wants to have some of that that um, shading that's provided by other plants or um, or if you're planting it in a, in a region of your garden, but you know you're going to get um, some shade. Well, normally when we get in coffee plants, it comes in from houseplant growers in small four-inch or six-inch pots, and they're about yeah. six inches tall. And what I noticed of these plants is they're closer to two feet. They look like, they look like real plants, and I, I am really looking forward to getting them planted. I just have to find the right morning sun or filtered sun, which I have I have the space. It's also near water, so yeah. I make sure they get water. But the plants look fantastic. They're the nicest yeah, looking coffee plants we've gotten in years. They yeah. really are. We, we have a coffee plant growing in Poway, a single plant, and, and over the last year or so, it's looked gorgeous. Uh, but with the, with the colder, damper winter we just had, it's struggling right now. It is in filtered light, and we're looking forward to it coming back. Yeah, the plant the plants themselves were absolutely outstanding. I had never thought about eating coffee beans or the cherries 
right off of the tree. So I mean, I, have to- I did, but I did it to get to the seeds because I thought I was going to get a buzz walking through the yard. <laughs> it wasn't that exciting, but it didn't. You know, one coffee bean, I guess, doesn't do it. I guess not. I guess not. No, Mark. Um, now, just just a couple other things. Um, you do want to worry about the cold, so don't plant it in an area that's going to be um, hit by frost, and don't overwater. Coffee does not like wet feet. So be careful about overwatering. Good to know. Mark, we've got to take a break. Uh, thank you very much for calling in, and thank you for supplying some absolutely beautiful coffee plants. Hopefully we'll get some people into either our stores or Kevin's to pick some up and give it a shot for themselves. Uh, much appreciated. Have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for calling you in. Well. Okay, thank take you. care. You guys as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's it for Garden Talk here this week. Uh, we do have garden classes today. Uh, San Diego at 9 o'clock, we have Plumeria Care with uh, Mike Atkinson. And in Poway at 9.30, Bonsai Basics with Richard Wright. With Richard Wright. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks with another with another hour of Garden Talk. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.